from the city of brotherly love. This is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. You did it again. You just arrived to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos. As always, this episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor and SAP Global Platinum Partner, Sador. Check them out. They sell all SAP solutions at Sador.com. Before we get into today's episode, for those that watched last week, you probably noticed that I was wearing my Toxic Twin shirt. Why? Well, because as I record this, I'm about to go out to see Aerosmith's first farewell show tour, and I got goosebumps just saying that, here in Philadelphia, because uh, I'm recording this on Saturday. I do the intros right before the episode's always published to make them fresh, and uh, I'm a diehard Aerosmith fan. You guys know this. So I wore Toxic Twins last week, because by the time this episode airs, it would have been past the tour, so, you know, I did what I could. I had some fun with it. I hope one of you longtime listeners out there notice I was wearing my Toxic Twin shirt. Anyways, now let's get back to today's episode. Look, it's a challenging economy. The talking heads are all saying about how this is the best economy ever, blah, blah, blah. So it's been pretty tough. I mean, I don't I don't really buy that. I think it's been a very challenging, like I said, economy. I think it's a very tough economy. And for business, the most critical component of that is actually building a sales pipeline. So who do we have today? Mr. Dave Kale. Dave Kale has been in practice for 30 years. He's been the number one salesperson in the country for two different companies in two distinct industries and selling situations. He's a high-energy, intense, world-class speaker who has presented in five Canadian provinces, 11 countries, and 47, but not all 50, of these United States. Dave has authored 13 books. That's incredible, including the most recent book, the Good Book on Business. Other popular titles are Question Your Way to Sales Success, 11 Secrets of Time Management for Salespeople, and How to Sell Anything to Anyone, Anytime. So hey, without further delay, let's get Dave and Dave together. This is the Dave and Dave Show today. Let's bring Dave right on in here. Business Strategy. Dave, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bait. Well, I think I'm glad to be here. We'll we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But anyways, we have a tradition on the show. We ask every single guest the same exact thing. What's your background? What's your experience? What do you do for a living? Basically, in a nutshell, what makes Dave Dave. So I'm a I'm a, a business to business sales expert, and what that means is I had a career in sales, seven different uh, sales positions. I became number one salesperson in the nation for two of those companies in two totally different industries. And then a long time ago, I decided to go and uh, practice for myself. So I became, uh, you know, a, a guy who uh, who helped companies sell better, business to business companies. And I've been doing that for 35 years. Written uh, 13 books, spoken in. 47 states and 11 countries, and that's what I do. You're still missing three. What three are you missing? Well, so Alaska, Vermont, and Maine. Alaska, Vermont, and Maine. Well, I think Vermont would be easy easy enough of a target to hit. Maine and Alaska, I can see where that could be a little bit difficult. But um, come on, man. You've got to find some way to hit those last three states so you can say that you spoke in all 50 states. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. You know, maybe. Is it on your to-do list? No, yeah, honestly, it really isn't. You know, it's uh, 
I'm more interested in uh, helping sales forces, no matter where they are, you know, as opposed to some geographical check the box kind of thing. So let's talk about sales because you just said that's what you're more interested in. I mean, how do you build a sales system uh, to methodically and regularly grow your business? Because I think a lot of businesses struggle with that in a way that they're able to repeat yes no two customers are alike for many businesses i mean there may be similarities but every business is run different and if you're doing b2b sales how do you get that you know sales system that's able to be copied over and used and again and again you know it begins it begins with understanding the customer and the customer's buying process and who the customers are and so on so every every sales system begins with an uh, a knowledge of the customer but there's some you, uh, there is a basic uh, sort of uh, process that underlines everything that a business to business salesperson does and that is again keeping in mind it's all about the customer yeah, there are several steps of the sales process. Number one is identifying suspects. You know, you have to you have to have to identify suspects before you, anything else happens. The second step is to turn those suspects into prospects. Then a prospect is a, a company or a person who can uh, buy what you, what you're offering or can pay for it. You know, and then the, the most difficult step is moving a prospect to a customer. And a customer is somebody who gives you money. When money changes hands then everything everything changes relationships now totally different the, the next step and a lot of people stop there but uh next step is to turn some of those customers into clients and that's the word i use for someone who buys repetitively over and over again and yet we're still not done because the last step in the process is to move some of those uh those uh, clients into partners and a partner is uh, is an account that uh buys everything they can from you or almost everything they can from you. They're very loyal to you and so on. So so those steps of the process are are true for everybody. You know, it doesn't matter what you sell or who you sell to, you still have to move people methodically closer and closer into a committed uh, economic movement and through the pipeline is how I would put that. It's another way to put it. Yeah. I, you know, I use, I use my terms, but yeah, everybody's that, that's a way to say it. Yeah. Now, one thing you touched on a little bit was kind of what I would view as qualifying budget, stuff like that. What tips do you have? Because I think a lot of people in the sales industry kind of get nervous around asking like, hey, how much money do you have to spend? And my personal trick is I always ask them like, hey, look, I'm going to ask you two tough questions. And these two tough questions are you know, so that I know that we're in the same ballpark. Okay. Do you have a budget defined? If so, what is that budget? Okay. And if they don't give me a number, then I flip it around based on the details that I already know from qualifying them. And I say, Hey, rough estimate, this is kind of where I think we would be, but we have to do more digging, go through the rest of the process to be sure. Is that something you guys can afford? And a lot of times it'll be dead or it's going to move forward from that point on. What's your trick around that? Is that a good approach? I mean, give give feedback on what I just said and also tell me your style as well, too. Yeah, no, I think that's a very appropriate uh, approach. And uh, if it works for you, uh, you know, good for you. The the idea, I, I have a term I use for that. And, and some people call it their spend or their wallet. I call it QPC, which is Quantified Purchasing Capacity. And, and quantified purchasing capacity in, in my uh, system is the answer to this question. If this account bought everything they could from you in the next 12 months, how much would that be? 
So, so, so you got an objective measurement that you can use to compare one account to another because it's a, it's the same time frame, you know. So, so number one, uh, what I tell people, you you collect QPC, you don't create it. So that number that you know the spend is out there. I mean, every it's in every account. You just have to go get it. And the best way to the best way to do that is to ask. So that's, that's but you know, and people say, well. They won't. Uh, they all will tell me, and that's right. They won't. But you'll knock off about half of them. You know who who will who will tell you. And that's where when they don't tell you, that's where my my go to strategy is. Then I flip it around based off what I know to try to qualify or disqualify them. Is is that a good is that a good approach? Oh, that's exactly right. There's some. There is always some uh, measurable thing you can capture that you can put a formula on. You know. So for example. You know, I'm working with the people who sell to plumbers, for example, supplies to plumbers. Uh, well, how many trucks do they have? And there's a formula. You know, if they have uh, X, if they have a truck, they have X number. If they, that truck needs X number of purchases to support it. So if they won't tell you how much they're going to spend, you say, well, how many trucks do you have? You say, well, 10. Okay, 10 times whatever your number is. There you go. There's always some measurement you can collect that you that's much easier to collect. That you can just put a formula on it, and that that gives you to a real close approximation to QPC. So you're right. You're right on track, David. That's excellent to hear. I love being validated. <laughs> Boost that ego, right? Up. Thank you, Dave. Uh, so I mean, it, it, funny story. I've said this a few times in the show, but um, I've never been one. I, I kind of organically learned sales just by being in the trenches, and one day I kept seeing this book, The Little Red Book of Selling by Jeffrey Gittimer everywhere. I'm like, okay, maybe it's a sign. I picked up the book. I read it and I'm like, holy cow, I am literally doing every single thing in this book. Like not to a T, but for the most part, he just has it more well-defined as an outline for me. And I'm like, I, I guess I am doing things pretty close to being right. And I am on the right track. And that gave me a good, like, confidence boost right there and how I was able to sell and you know the sales success that I've had during my career so I guess the next topic I wanted to ask you about was we just talked about kind of prospecting sales cycle um, qualifying customers stuff like that so even when they're going through that how do we really improve the sales team's performance well you know there's this concept of best practices for salespeople and uh, there is a world of best practices, and and you know, Gitterman's book is one is one expression of that. Uh, but but there is a set of best practices for salespeople, and very few salespeople have ever been exposed to them. Most of the world of sales are are self taught, just like like you've been, and that's that's okay. But it can only take you so far. At some point, you need to you need to understand what you don't know, you know. And most salespeople don't know what they don't know. Because because they're in the trenches, you know. So uh, exposure uh, exposure to the best practices of the business to business salespeople. For for example, we've got a, we've got a, we do a little assessment, what we call behavioral assessment. Fifty four best practices. So you know, take fifty four, fifty four, yeah, mm -hmm, best practices, yeah. So so um, on all of these, you can do some of them. You can do some of them fairly well. You can do some of them not so well. But there is room to grow on almost every single practice within the world of business to business salespeople. And so we identify them and help them grow. Nobody's perfect, even myself. Yeah, there you go. I, I mean, I know, I, like I do a lot of self-reflection as far as, hey, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? 
what should I keep doing? What should I never do again? Uh, but I do that with every sales cycle that I go through and it helps me learn. It helps me evolve. It helps me be a better sales person. Yes. You know, we certainly, certainly advocate that with, with an, an additional caveat on it. And that is, you know, say, how did I do? Okay. How did I do relative to what? See, in the world of sales, uh, there's, there's, um, hard to find a standard to compare yourself with. You know, like for example, if, if you're a baseball player, you can see the great greatest baseball players in the world every Sunday, you know? You can same with football, same with all these other things. Where does a salesperson go to see to, to see a model of good sales? Great, what does great sales look like? So there's no model out there. So we so you know we have a model, we, we have a, something we call the KOA business to business selling system, and we and we teach the best practices. So yeah, actually, self-reflection relative to a standard is the really the best is is, is a great great uh, habit. And that's incredible insight there. Now here, here's a tough question. I'm going to put you in the spot, okay? And it is there is a lot of suedo gurus out there for salespeople, like oh well, I sold this and did that, but really their knowledge is limited. They don't have that real life in the trench learning, you know, or professional coaching ability that they got that makes them really true experts to go out and, and, uh, you know, teach others. And I don't know, I, I feel they're kind of scammy. Okay. What separates them from somebody like you? Breath of knowledge breadth of experience and and understanding of, of sales in a in a broader way and uh, you know i mentioned when you asked me to introduce myself i, I mentioned i had seven different uh sales uh jobs and so I, and i saw sales from a wide variety you know from uh, from uh house to house sales to to business sales to huge uh, hospitals everything in between and so i so i got a, i got a view of sales differently you and me are very similar like that like i had a very until i got into the industry that i'm in now my resume was all over the place because i just couldn't find where i like i couldn't find that niche i was soul seeking like what industry do I want to be in? And it took me a while to get where I'm at in the ERP world with SAP. And now that I'm here, I'm going to be like a lifer. Yeah, maybe I end up changing companies. I doubt it because I love the company I'm at right now. But, um, you know, I'm a lifer as far as this industry goes and with SAP. But I did go, you know, hopping around trying to find industry to industry, roof sales, everything, you know, you name it, I've done it. You know, so you have a breath. You have like I do. You have a breath of of uh, knowledge about sales and you know a lot of the guys who call themselves sales gurus have had success in some one industry or one company and uh really really don't have don't have an understanding of uh, of sales in a broader sense other than their own you know life experience which is which is limited okay okay let's talk then you know continuing on this subject but another segment of it is training development of sales reps like what is your best practice as far as being able, like, for example, I have a new sales rep starting September 1st, okay, uh, which probably around the time this episode will be coming out, and uh, really talented, but doesn't have SAP experience. I mean, what's the best way training, developing somebody like her for our industry that kind of knows our industry, but has never directly worked in our industry? I have two two pieces of training and development. First piece is what I call training 
development something separate. I'll talk about that in a minute. But training is is creating new skills in a person. So um, you you train them in the skills and the processes and the practices that they need to be successful. You don't assume that they have them. So we have a we have a tool that we've created over the years that we call a learning list. And a learning list is basically just a list of the things they need to know to represent you. You know, when they take a business card with your name on it out into the world, they need to have a certain minimum standard of knowledge and skills before they can represent you. So you create a learning list. And uh, by the way, we've got a free download of the learning list tells you how to do it uh, on my website. But but you basically bring them up to a minimum standard of competency and you don't let them out there until they have a minimum and and so that's training and that's again what are you just ask yourself what are the core things this person needs to know and needs to be able to do before they represent me step one and that could be you know anywhere from a couple of days to several weeks before they gather that and that the, their first focus is to make sure that they have the skills and the practices and the process to be successful. I have a little story that illustrates this. I think when, uh, so okay, good. So so here's the. I mean, this is this is so telling. So my youngest daughter wanted to be uh, after she graduated from high school. She wanted to be an EMT. So we sent her to EMT school, and she went through school. And then at the end, she has to take a computer exam to prove that she knew it, and she had to do a physical exam to actually take blood pressure and stuff like that to prove that she could do it. So she did, she said, we sent off the results, waited, waited to get to see if she passed, and she did. She got a letter from the authorities saying, here's your certificate, you are now authorized to be a basic EMT, which is the lowest level, minimum wage job. Here's what the letter said. You know, congratulations, you are now a basic. And then it said, as you know, over the next 24 months, you must find, inter, uh, find enroll in, successfully complete, and document 30 hours of continuous improvement training or we'll take your certificate. Yeah, now that's, a, so wait a minute, that's a minimum wage job, but, but there's standards. There's a minimum acceptable standard and there is the expectation of continuous development. That's another thing. So, and I, you know, I just say, if, if, if that's what we require of a minimum wage EMT, how come we can't require that of a salesperson? A minimum standard, a minimum set of, uh, of uh, competencies. So that's training. You got to train them first and then you develop them. Yeah, I think a lot of companies, the problem is a lot of companies, I feel, don't want to invest in that, in their sales reps. They feel that the sales reps should just know that. And I'm not talking about my company specifically, just so everybody knows that. I'm talking about, other companies out there, other ones I've worked for in my past, you know, they just haven't felt like it or they felt or they maybe did it once and got the wrong person in there and it was a total waste and really nothing helped their team. And I think that's a problem worth talking about, too. Well, you know, I suppose it's that problem that, that supports me, you know, at least in part, is that people people aren't good at that and they don't they they would rather think that they're hiring someone who has all the skills they need rather than help to Im embed those skills in the person. And a lot of people don't know how to do it, you know, so that's so they just they just close their eyes to it and assume because it feels good that this that this person is going to be successful as a salesperson 
without them putting anything in. I specifically look for people that uh, doesn't matter if they're senior, if they're intermediate, or if they're a newbie. Uh, if they have all the tools and they have the worth ethic, you know, willing to go out there, just get things done, I will put all the time that they need into them. But they have to be coachable and willing to do it and actually execute on their side. Yeah, that's right. So if I can go back to your original question, training and development. So I talked about training. Development is what happens after someone's training. Like, again, go back to my daughter. You have to do 30 hours on your own, 30 hours. So we take a salesperson who has been trained in the basics and develop them forever. And that means we continually, we continually expose them to the best practices and expect that they will continually grow, you know. And 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 there's some there's some uh, benchmarks out there. For example, for a, a business to business sales force, how much you know? The question is, how much should you spend to, to train and develop them? And the answer is about four percent of payroll. I mean, that's a standard that's been evolved over the years. Four percent of payroll. Four percent of payroll for the sales team or for the sales individual? Both. So. Let's say you have a, a, a salesperson, make it simple, making $100,000 a year. So for, you're going to spend $4,000 over the course of the year to continually develop them. That, and, and there's another, another way to express that, and that's half a day once a month. Four hours uh, once a month, not, not in product knowledge, but in specific uh, training and specific sales skills, asking questions, closing the sale, you, you know, learning about the customer, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, so development lasts forever, does never ends, goes on forever. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And you know, like I said, even the best of the best have people, you know, they're still able to learn things. Nobody knows everything. And also, I don't think there's a person on this earth that can sell to any single person on this earth. Like uh, there's gotta be someone out there that no matter what, they won't buy something from me because I'm missing some skill. And, you know, I only find that by development and self-discovery and analyzing things and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's right. And, it's, you know, development's a never ending process. But here's here's something a lot of people think, be, because the people who, who make those investments in people are managers and leaders and so on, and they think that the salespeople are investing in themselves because they invested in them, so they project to the salespeople. The, the hard truth is this. If you randomly select 20 salespeople, do a little survey, you will discover that only one of those 20 salespeople has spent $25 of his own money on his own improvement in the last 12 months. One out of 20. Yeah. So, so, so if you think the salespeople are doing it, you're wrong. They're not. So as a, so if you're a sales manager, sales leader, CEO, whatever, vice president, sales, you have to intervene. You, you have to provide development because they're not doing it on their own. I mean, one out of 20 is, but, but not the rest. Yep. Yep. No, I totally agree with that. And you will get no disagreement from my end. Uh, usually, I'll start brand new sales reps off. I started this a few years ago after I read the little red book of selling. And if they're a little bit green to selling, but they know tech and they can understand business processes and all that stuff, like, okay, you got all the tools. And if I see that they have the charisma and the personality, like, hey, you'd make a great sales rep. It's like, buy this book, read it. Let's talk about it. And that's where I start their learning, training, development process with me under me. and. So far, I'd say we've been pretty successful as far as that goes. 
But there is one more topic I wanted to jump into before we end it up, which is let's talk about some of the most effective B2B sales principles, practices, and even some processes uh, that companies and salespeople and VP of sales and businesses alike can all kind of put in place to help them sell more? Well, that's a big question. So so let me give you a big answer first, and that is uh, create a sell, selling system. And again, we have a course we call the Business to Business Selling System. So so that's, so if you want a simple answer, there's a simple answer. But but very specifically, there's a couple things, a couple practices that have been proven to be highly, highly impactful. You know, I'm asked from time to time, if you could only instill one thing in a salesperson, a business business salesperson, to make it more effective, what would be the one practice, the one principle? And, and my response is actually there's two. Number one is to target and prioritize your accounts based on potential. That uh, we have, again, we have a system to do that, but when someone embraces that and, and creates uh, an understanding of the potential of an account, invests their time where it gets the greatest potential, that can multiply, absolutely transform a sales force and multiply the impact. The most common, the most, uh, you're not going to believe this, but the most common response I get a couple of years after a, a person or a team has done this, invested in uh, identifying and investing their time in the highest potential accounts, the most common testimony I'll get is triple. They've tripled their business. Yeah, yeah. So that's number one is, and it's a matter of, uh, I mean, there's a whole process to do it well, but you invest your sales time where it will get the biggest return. Amazingly, it does. So that's that's number one. Number two is asking better questions. That is a fundamental skill. I've got one, one of my books is devoted just to that. It's called uh, Question Your Way to Sales Success. Asking better questions is a skill that a salesperson can use throughout the sales process, and they can always do it better. So can I jump in one quick second? That's one thing that we constantly do between me, I'm VP of biz dev at my company, and then my boss is the SVP of sales. And that's one thing that when we're going, you know, whether it's sales meetings or the one-on-ones, well, did you ask this to the customer? Did you ask that for the customer? And sales reps be like, uh, no. Uh, and then next call, they're, they're asking that. And then we build a plan around that. Uh, you know, and, and I totally agree with what you're saying about asking the right questions. And not only asking the right questions, but asking questions in the right way. So there's two pieces of that, you know? Right. Framing is important. Absolutely. And, and I use this example, you know, as there's, there's, there's always two meanings in a question. One is the intellectual and the other is the emotional. So the intellectual is what you're asking for. The emotional is how it makes people feel. So, so here's, here's an example say your first call in a new account and, and you say, who makes the decision here? Now, intellectually, it's a perfectly appropriate question. Emotionally, it's horrible. Because what you're, what you're saying when you ask that question is, okay, I understand you're a flunky, so tell me who's important. So, you know, so, so you just change it. Again, this is the thing. You can ask questions better and you can ask better questions. So instead of saying, who's, who makes the decision here? You say something like, who beside yourself will be involved in the decision? 
you're going to get the same information, but it's, it's emotionally, it's, it's easier. See, it's a, it's, it's a more. It's not what you're saying. It's how you say it that matters. It's well, it's both. It's, it's, it's both the words that you use and in, in what you ask for, but also the way that you ask it equally important. So ask better questions, ask questions better. Both. Okay. That's perfect. Do you have anything else to say on this topic? Anything else you think that's uh really need to know for people out there struggling? What I teach people is this. First of all, it's it's a never ending. You can always get better at it. We you know I do a two day workshop just on asking questions, for example. So there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff, but but the number one thing is pay attention to the language, and and if you're if you're going to be using a question over and over, prepare your major questions word for word. When you're not when you're not in the you know in the sales call, when you have time to think, you know, without the pressure of the moment. Prepare your major questions word for word, and you'll find you'll find your results improve. That is amazing. So I know you said you wrote what thirteen books, right? Yeah, lucky thirteen. What was the latest book that you wrote? And please tell us where everybody can find out more about you, more about Dave Kale, more about your business, and the best place to reach you at. Yeah, well, the best place to reach me is uh, my uh, I've several websites, but uh, but uh, DaveKale.com. So and that's Dave, K A H. L-E. K-A-H-L-E.com, yeah. And everything we talk about is available somewhere there. But uh, so 13 books, the most the most recent sales book is the one that uh, has gone worldwide. And and I'd recommend it everybody here. How to how to sell anything to anyone anytime. It's about sales process. You know what we what we've been talking about. Sales process and sales systems. And and that book's gone uh uh, worldwide, it's available in uh, eight different languages, twenty different countries. It's a world worldwide book. Uh, so that's so that's that's the one I would recommend for everybody. And then there's we can niche it a little bit. Uh, I have a book called Eleven Secrets of Time Management for Salespeople. And there's a, a, a you know I mentioned targeting and prioritize based on potential. There's a chapter really detailing just that in the in the time management book that also has gone worldwide. And then and then the third one that I would recommend is uh, we, and we've mentioned it already. Question your way to sales success. Just all about questions in the sales process how to ask questions better how to ask better questions so there's there's three that uh, i think you started and again we got we have uh, we have lots of free resources on the website and the, and i would i would encourage everybody uh i write uh, what we call e-zines which are um like newsletters publications where uh, every every news uh, every e-zine has an article by me a podcast and a youtube video and uh, it's a sell, it's, we just sent it out weekly at free. So sell better is the one for salespeople. Lead better is the one for sales managers. And go to my website, right on the front page of the website, you can sign up for those are free and, and get, a, you know, get a taste of what, what I've learned over the years for both, both those. Well, groups. I'll be definitely signing up for the lead better. And as everybody out there watching or listening to this show knows, we will have a link to Dave's website right down below in this, the description, right below the little kind of excerpt we put there introducing him. Uh, but Dave, hey, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your knowledge. And I love how you help businesses grow by teaching sales. Yeah, thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, cheers. That was an incredible chat with Dave, right? 
That man knows his stuff. First, though, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it's uh, sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out, because you know Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of small business, please share us out to your friends, your colleagues, anywhere you dwell on the interwebs. I would love to see nothing more than Dave Kale and Shark Bite Biz out there trending. Now let's get back to the real rock star of this show, our guest, Mr. Dave Kale. I really loved how Dave talked about building a sales system to methodically and regularly grow your business. You know, in these hard times, like we talked about in the intro, having a dedicated, tried, tested, and true sales system, it's really critical. I mean, you should just not have your salespeople out there winging it. You need to have structure. You need to have form. You need to have a way moving forward. Anyways, awesome stuff, Dave. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your experience. And I love how you help people sell, especially because I am a VP of sales. So that is incredible. And uh, question of the day, what do you think of sales system? Overrated or do you prefer to wing it? Let us know your comment down there below on YouTube or on Spotify. If you want to be on the show, interviews at Biz. If you're watching on YouTube, you can join the channel. $3 a month, you can become a baby shark. Support the show on YouTube or on Spotify. And again, shout out to our sponsor, Sador. If you're in the shop for an SAP solution, go to Sador.com. I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz, and we'll see you all next episode. Ciao. You just experienced Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. Please like, comment, and subscribe to the show to help us spread the word about personal, professional, and business growth. Want to be on the show? Send an email to interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. A special shout out to our sponsor, SAP Platinum Partner, Sador. Get off QuickBooks and move your business to the next level. Reach out for more info. Thanks for listening and see you next time.